0: I've always been a pretty early riser, but it's, it's even even as a morning person, there are those kind of, there's levels of morning personness. So my dream is to be, to be able to sort of train my body clock to the point where I can get up at five and write and then, you know, have the day free, but we'll see, (laughs) hasn't been successful so far.
1: Welcome to Sleep Chalker.
0: So yeah, that's been really good. But um, I try, I mean, I have quite a light filled bedroom anyway. So the podcast about sleep, go to sleep for a bit, wake up, do some stuff in the middle of the night and then go back to sleep again. So dream. it it almost replicates that feeling of, you know, a really enjoyable, very vivid dream
1: nightmares
0: or 10 during the summer. But I do find that does wreak a bit of havoc on my sleeping patterns.
1: And what happens in your head after dark?
0: I quite like being able to look out and I often wake up once or twice at night and sort of turn around and then I'm like, oh no, it's still nighttime, back to sleep. <laughs>
1: Um, So I've started recording already, is that okay? Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, Can you please introduce yourself? Yes, I
0: can. My name is Clem Basto and I'm a freelance journalist and screenwriter. Um, So I work from home and I have a desk space in our apartment I share with a friend. Um, And that's been really helpful because in the past I've not really had a specific area to work. I just kind of set my laptop up wherever and that can lead to, you know, lying on the couch trying to write. So I do try to be a little bit more regimented about work time. Um, so I try these days to put clothes on, for example. I don't get up and work in my pyjamas anymore. And I think that even just little things like that can make a big difference to your headspace. There is something about just being able to kind of drift around in your own, drift around in your own, own space. space. Um and have that ability to jump out of bed if I need to and start writing, um, which obviously literally anybody could do. But yeah, it sort of feels a bit like there's there's less differentiation between the work zone, the creative zone and and the kind of rest. I um, have come up with quite a few ideas, either based on dreams or you know going to bed, hoping to dream about certain things, uh, almost as a kind of drafting process. So yeah it is, it is something that I, I definitely value. You know, I'll just kind of – it's a sort of meditative process when I go to sleep going, you know, I hope to dream about this. And it is a really interesting stage, I think, that pre-sleep because it's it's often I guess because I'm trying to go to sleep and dream about certain things, I'm sort of naturally going over them in my mind and and I find that a very fruitful uh, zone to be in. And it's interesting in that it's often also for my work writing, so not necessarily stuff that needs to be hugely creative. It'll be – you know, I'll kind of settle upon what the in will be for a story that I'm writing. It's regularly been that time when I'm trying to fall asleep that, you know, you stumble upon the perfect sentence or, and it's not not necessarily the first, you know, the beginning of the article. It could be the closing line or, you know, something that will work in the middle of it. But yeah, it's just finding that kind of, that entry point into the story. I, I always find it interesting when people are really dismissive of dreams as being somehow silly or that it's, that it would be embarrassing to write something based on a dream because I guess it is a little bit like, you know, we all kind of roll our eyes when someone says, I had the most amazing dream last night. But I tend to find if you write them down and kind of leave them alone for a while and then come back to them, that that embarrassment kind of fades a bit and you can just come back and look at it as a narrative and go, does this work or not? There's only so many stories that exist in the world. We're all just kind of working out our own um, versions of them. And, yeah, so you can kind of wake up and go, wow, that was incredible, and then come back and look at it two weeks later and go, I can't believe I ever thought that would work, and vice versa. You know, um, I mean, in dreaming, you know, you're not tied to those things that can make writing really difficult, particularly creatively, you know, the, the sort of ego and all that kind of stuff is really just shoved to one side. And, you know, it is often hard to kind of get past yourself? Quite a number of my ideas. Uh, there was one which I worked on last year um, at uni, my major feature project, That Was a Dream, um, which was based on... It's not always. Really just one kind which was based on... So if you're sitting one down one to see. write, some, say, a science fiction thing, you might just go, oh, no, this is just so stupid or this is embarrassing, whereas in dreams, you're kind of set free from that, I guess. I'm always aware that it's a dream in the extent to the extent that something is so heightened it's clearly not real life i'm but always aware that it's a dream in the extent to the extent a that series of screen tests in his old so hometown and so i sort of turned that one into a populated with people i know or kind of variations on them or there might be a figure in the dream that, who I am so real I'm at least able to comprehend on like some like level you've is drawn me to another but it's dimension or something so it's like oh, necessarily i know this me, is different from my personal reality but in this current moment it is real It generally, if I know there's something that I'm kind of working on creatively and that I would like to explore in dreams, the process of going to sleep is a kind of, um, almost like a meditation where I'm just trying to kind of get in the zone of who are those characters, you know, what's the story, what world am I trying to explore? And it's often pretty piecemeal, you know, because it's because I am doing it to explore a story that, it hasn't, that I've only really had a kind of spark of inspiration for. Um, and then just you really just kind of cross your fingers <laughs> as you fall asleep. Um, and some nights it works and some nights it doesn't, but there's usually something usable when I come out the other side. So, you know, part of it is probably not even um, intentional. You know, I'm not necessarily lying down and going, tonight I'd like to dream about this, but I'm just naturally in that headspace because I'm working on that story. So... It's probably a combination of the two that, you know, my brain is just by default kind of tilling over those creative ideas. Um, And then there's also a more conscious part of me which wants to explore that story as well. I try and just throw them down in my never-ending ideas folder, but the problem, I think, is kind of like any any you know note taking creatively. You'd often come back and you go, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, what does that sentence mean? What am I talking about? And so, sort of trying to plug back into whatever was it was that was fueling you when you when you wrote it down. But um, yeah, I think I think the problem is I've always found writing any idea down in its infancy can it can suddenly seem really embarrassing and kind of hackneyed and the danger is that you then back off from it and go, oh, what was I thinking? You know, whereas if you can kind of keep it in that nebulous state where, whether it's a dream or just a kind of idea that's floating around in your head, then eventually you can kind of get it to a point where if you write it down, you're not going to feel like you recoil from it. Um, it's really interesting there have been times where I guess on some level I'm aware that I'm waking up so you feel it's sort of like the dream starts to fade out and there's this process of trying to grab a hold of it and then I'll often wake up um, and if it's earlier in the in the morning try and go back to sleep and kind of plug back in and I think I could count on one hand the number of times that that's actually worked. Um, you know, there have been times where the dream has been so enjoyable that you try and – go to sleep and kind of have a sequel and alas that has never worked for me um yeah. it's it's interesting that you can't you know I think when you try to repeat dream scenarios that you have much less success than whatever your subconscious thinks you're still yeah, I've had, processing I've had some like I had one recently where there had been a big tidal wave and the water had come up to like the 18th floor of our building and we were on the 19th kind of floor present and accounted for and that was quite stressful there is a kind of consciousness um, of it being to a being certain extent there is there is a kind a of consciousness of it being a dream that one was less of a complete story when i woke up and more just a few interesting uh, which again was was a dream one um, so you know a sequence or a character or a possibility for a story and dream which seemed completely outlandish and then I kind of looked into the science yeah, more of it. like nightmare scenarios rather than <laughs> nightmare three-act narratives. It's only been really recently that I've been more conscious of it. I mean, I have dreams, obviously, that I can remember from years and years ago. I've definitely always had vivid dreams. I can remember as a child, you know, having really wild ones and then either writing them down as short stories or telling people at school about them. And um, But yeah, that's definitely been a thing for me. And I think I've always used them on some level creatively. Um, but I think as I've gotten older, I've been more considered about it. Um, you know, when you're younger, you just sleep and that's that. Um, and sometimes you have a dream that's memorable. But I think I think as I have gotten older and paid more attention to it and been more aware of the sort of variables that can affect the sleep and the dream state, um, you know, I've been more interested to explore that. And I don't know, I guess that's why some people take psychedelic drugs. Um, I've always been too much of a wimp. Uh, So that's kind of where I, you know, get to explore the, the, um, the subconscious, I guess. aware of the fact that talking about your dreams can be read as wildly self-indulgent and very boring for other people so I sort of try to keep a lid on it and even with the stories and scripts that I have kind of devised from dreams I tend to keep a lid on that unless it's an incredibly stupid one that I know people will enjoy in which case I might put it on Facebook you know um, particularly when they involve other people who I think will get a kick out of it
1: This episode of Sleep Talker was inspired by Clem's article, Why I Need to Sleep Naked, Alone, and for as Long as Possible. It was published on Daily Life, and I'll post that link on the Sleep Talker website, sleeptalkerpodcast.com. Sleep Talker is produced by me, Beck Fari. I'm working on a sleep advice column, sort of. So if you have any worries about your sleep or your dreams, get in touch and I'll do my best to help you out. To find out how to get involved and to listen to past episodes, head to sleeptalkerpodcast.com. If you like the show, tell your friends or tell iTunes. Thank you for listening. Good night.